Hey, thanks for queuing up the podcast. Before we jump into this episode, I just wanted to make you aware of three music marketing resources with an emphasis on one in particular. There's a good chance you're already familiar with my flagship title called the Gorilla Music Marketing Handbook and perhaps even the 5-Minute Music Marketer. Both of those titles are well worth your time, but I want to make you aware of another title that doesn't quite get the attention as those two do. And that one is called The Nine Irrefutable Laws of Music Marketing. I'm really proud of this book, and I think you would get a lot out of it. And basically what it covers is what I consider to be nine timeless principles of music marketing. So regardless of the new website, app, or tool, because they're always changing, as you know, these are principles you can apply no matter what. They're timeless. They tap into that eternal connection that people have with music and with music makers. So I think you would get a lot out of this book. It's available on Amazon in at least a dozen countries in both paperback and ebook formats. So go check it out. The Nine Irrefutable Laws of Music Marketing. And now, enjoy the episode. Hey, it's Bob here. Just wanted you to know I am working on some new episodes of the Music Marketing Podcast. In the meantime, I'd like to share with you something from the archives, an interview I did with a Chicago independent artist named Dina Bach. This was recorded back in August of 2018. Ah, remember the good old days? We talked at length about her transition from part-time to full-time musician. I'm sure you'll enjoy it, so here we go. Welcome to the Music Marketing Podcast, where I share marketing and career advice for musicians, singers, songwriters, and music business pros just like you. If you don't already, please subscribe to the audio podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you consume such products. I think I need a vacay, take a little work break, nothing like an hour by the lake. A Chicago girl with Michigan on my mind. If anyone asks, I stepped out, got a long to-do list I wrote down. Put it in a bottle, throw it in the water. Well, hey there, Bob Baker coming to you live from Nashville with a friend who I met two years ago. This is Dina Bach, ladies Hi. and gentlemen. <laughs> I know a little bit about you, but if you're meeting someone at a party for the first time and they don't know who you are or what you do, and they say, Dina, what do you do? How do you answer that question these days? <laughs> now? Well, yeah. it changes from day to day. Right. Now, um, I used to say I'm a high school Spanish teacher, okay. and now I say... I am a singer-songwriter. I play piano pop, and I write a song a week. So you've actually thought about this, because that's a very concise way. A lot of people kind of meander through, oh, no, gosh, oh, very let, me, to the let point. me think. Very, clear. very cool. Say that one more time. Yeah. I, I want to hear that again. It was, re- it was well done. Thank so, you. I say okay. I'm a singer-songwriter. I play mm-hmm. piano pop, and I write a song a week. That's, that's awesome. We've got to give a little history here. So Dina and I met for the first time two years ago at the second annual CD Baby DIY Musician conference is mm-hmm. a mouthful yeah that was in chicago which is your hometown yep. right yep. and yeah we had a nice chat and you came to like this artist empowerment workshop that i did so i actually got great. to know a, thank you <laughs> i got to know a little bit about you yes yeah, so and at the time you were getting ready 
to start you know, another semester or a year as a, and you were a Spanish teacher, teacher yeah, right? Yeah, high school Spanish teacher. Cool. Mm-hmm. So this is like our annual meeting, even though we stayed in touch. I did I saw you. I didn't see you again for another year. So mm-hmm. last year's CD Baby's third annual conference uh, here in Nashville, and you had I think you had just like put in your notice you were not going to start this, the school season, right? Correct. So are you like is this around one full year? It is. Yeah, a, one full, full school year. So it's been about a, a year and a half, I guess. Right. I just wanted to take this opportunity because this is great because you're like still early in that full-time status. And a lot of people dream about that and they, and they have all kinds of fears related to it. So I remember when we met two years ago, I was just really impressed not only by, by your talent, um, but by your attitude too. You had this very empowering, you know, we had a lot of similar beliefs in personal development and the, and the importance of mindset and attitude. So what transpired in that the year from when we first met leading up to you making the decision to go full time when there was, there was those fears of God how am I going to support oh, yeah. myself I'm going to oh, starve yeah. <laughs> what am I, I going to do absolutely well I think fear in general holds people back all the time myself mm. included so we're fearful of failure of things not working out of mm. not being good enough or not being able to do things um and just fear of going outside of what normal society tells you you're supposed to be doing. Right. So it's that fear of, well, what are people going to think? And how am I going to do this? How am I going to not have a nine to five job? Like, right. that's just weird. That's not what people do in society. So, um, Especially to pursue a music a career. Yeah. Music of all things. Oh, yeah. People are, you, look are, you, like, are, you, are you sure yeah. that's what you want to do? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's been great. I mean, to answer your question, like, I mean, you were like a, a main person that I met uh-huh. at the conference cool. a couple of years ago, and you were super empowering, like, and inspiring to be able to, you were doing it, you were doing yeah, the yeah. very freelance, like, artistic, creative, you yeah. know, career path. And so that was an inspiration to me. Let's just say meeting me was the catalyst. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm going to take credit for that. Take credit. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it was. And there were a number of other things. The conference in itself was like a huge turning point for me. Yeah. Um, that's when I finally started thinking seriously about quitting my job. I thought, you know, mm. this is something that you can do. I mean, you can pursue a career in music. And there are so many different avenues and paths you can go down with music um you don't have to be taylor swift you don't have to be you know 500 million fans uh to pursue it as a living and make enough money to have a really good lifestyle cool so obviously by the end or at some point before that year was up you had to put in your notice or Mm -hmm. let them know you weren't returning and so now you're like i said you're a little over i guess a year or or whatever either give me like two or three things that you learned in this first year and then it might tie into pieces of advice for someone else who's maybe in a similar position on the verge of wanting to do that yeah what can you share in that (laughs) lots lots. only three no um i've learned a ton and i feel like number one it's possible to do this Mm -hmm. but it is also going to take it's there's a learning curve with Mm -hmm. with being your own boss and running your own business right so i remember everybody asking like well what are you going to do for insurance? What are you going to do for money? And all these things. And it's like, well, it's possible to do this, but you have to figure those things out. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that took me a while to figure out was what kind of insurance and how you're going to do this and how, like Mm -hmm. those more of the technical details and like the the annoying part where you have to go on and like register and figure that all out. Um, Not so much financially, just more so the business where you have to pay taxes quarterly now because right. you're running your own business and, and you're they a sole don't, proprietor. Exactly. Of a, they don't yeah. just take taxes out. So you're, I mean, the business end was the hardest part for me to kind of figure out that aside. I would say, I mean, this was the best decision I made and cool. I so think you're, that you're definitely happy, I'm happy with it. Yeah. Absolutely. I was going to say though, that, uh, 
it's really nice not having a plan B. So um, a lot of people will say, oh, well, you can just fall back on teaching. You have that. And when I when I left my job, I was I had no intention of going back. Right. And I think a lot of people still think, well, she's just kind of playing with music and this will be a fun little phase while she's young. And it's like, no, this is my career. Cool. And um, you can make a living doing it, and that's what I'm doing, and, and it'll go in different directions. But I wasn't planning on, well, I'll just fall back if this doesn't work. Right. Um, and you I think that's an important thing because so many people are like, well... I'll do this instead. And, then, and they set themselves up for failure. Because it's, not, it's non-committal, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, well, I could always do something else. Or you really have to put your whole self into it. Right. Now, you uh, primarily, do you perform as a solo piano and, and voice? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so you rarely play with bands, right? Is, is that, I do every once in a while. Okay. I, yeah. I, I think I've seen you um, do that. So, so that on one hand, that is that's cool because you have less expenses. You're not bringing four people that have to be paid. Right. And so, exactly. do you mind if I ask? Like, uh, you don't have to give me numbers or anything, but like the sources of because everybody's always wondering how am I going to make the money? You know. Yeah. And so the sources of revenue. I don't know. Were they live performances? How much is like mm-hmm. what percentage breakdown is like music sales or yeah. streaming and whatever? Yeah. Well, I think it's different for everybody, yeah. and everybody kind of figures it out. But I think the most important thing is to have a variety. Right. So to have different streams of income from different places. So don't like put all your eggs in one basket and say, I'm going to make all my money doing this. Unless, I mean, obviously that's one really right. good basket. Yeah. That's well, fine. double down on it. Yeah, yeah exactly. But you know this as a creative, you know, yeah. artist here. You, you, you find ways to make it work and to make streams of income from all these different places. Right. So, and, and then that's up. So live performance is probably my biggest. Okay. Um, that's a biggie for me. Um, and is, and is that a combination of like uh, the, the amount of money that the, whatever the venue might be guaranteeing you or paying you plus there's tips yep. and then I guess there's product sales. Yep. And that was yeah. the next one I was going to okay. say is product sales. So CD uh-huh. sales, downloads, um, merchandise, uh, cool. tips, obviously. Um, what, what kind of merch beyond uh, CDs do you have? Yeah, uh, I like merch. I like mugs. Okay. <laughs> I'm cool. like kind of a weird merch girl. Um, and coffee. I, yeah. yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. I do the typical like t-shirts and um, CDs, obviously posters, uh, okay. download cards, and then I also really like doing mugs. I started doing mugs in my last release a couple of years ago, mm. and they were mugs that I really liked. I'm a coffee and tea drinker, okay. and. Um, they get into mugs, and so I decided to make them again this year for this release. And do they have phrases on them related to your songs, or related to like an attitude, or a, a lot of something? Yeah. <laughs> last last time, yes. So I had a song lyric on there. It was my um, "Kiss Me Like That" EP, and it said, "I have a hard time leaving when you kiss me like that." Okay, cool. And so that was on that mug. Um, this one I didn't do a song lyric, but it's a a giant 19 ounce mug that's okay. like this brown. It's kind of a cool rustic looking mug, and um, it's just got the name of my CD, "Walk Away." Okay, and cool. My name. So, yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> now, you mentioned earlier the song a week. Is that, mm-hmm. is that right? Now, how long have you been doing that? 92 weeks. It'll oh be 93 tomorrow if I get it written. So, you were coming up on two years solid, right? Yeah. And different people have done this at different times. I know Jonathan Colton, who's a well known indie musician. I think he back in like 06 or 07, he did, a, he said, he called it a thing a week. It was basically a song a week that he released. Other people have done songs a day or oh, they, gosh. or they do it for a certain number of days, <laughs> yep. you know? But so uh, tell me just the impact that that's had on you as an artist or a creator, you know, your creativity and then the impact that it's had maybe on attracting fans. Yeah, yeah. it's been great. I mean, I never set out to write 92 songs in 92 weeks, yeah. um, but it's been incredible. I, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, I want to do this for a year. That would mm-hmm. be great if I could do this for a year. But I was kind of also thinking, yeah, that's, 
it's not very likely. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of hard. Maybe um, for three months and then we'll yeah, see Yeah, and I was yeah. teaching at the time, so I'm like, there's no way I, I can yeah. keep up with this with all yeah. my grading and planning. So I did, though, and my students were a big inspiration. They kind of encouraged me to keep doing it and were giving me song ideas. And, and then after a little while, that, you know, faded and we were focusing on Spanish. And so I just kept going on mm -hmm. my own. It's been incredible. The second year I started doing it, the, after week 52, I was like, you know, I'm, what, what do I do now? Do I keep going? Do I stop? Um, and I was in the habit. Right. So I figured this is a great habit to be in. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, it's like there's no schedule for writing. When do you write? When you're inspired, which... Right. When does that happen when you're busy, you know? Mm -hmm. So I decided to keep going and change it a little bit. So people were giving me song topic ideas. Oh, cool. You, so they, they became involved or, yeah. or invested in the process, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, fact, if you have a question for Dina, I want to chime in. Hit like, hit love, uh, leave a question or a comment. Even if you're watching the replay, just let me know that you're watching this and you got something out of it. Um, <laughs> like, why is this crazy yeah. girl writing a song a week? That's a good question. <laughs> and so as an artist, do you think this is a good thing to put yourself on a deadline. Yeah, I've long preached that not to wait for the muse. Yes, when inspiration strikes, take advantage of it. Yeah. Grab your your recorder yeah. or your, your guitar or with whatever. But but you can also put times on your schedule, yeah. even if you're not doing it publicly, to create. Well, yeah. Right? yeah. I think in any yeah. job, you have deadlines. You have a boss who's telling you, you need to do this by this date or this time. Mm -hmm. And when you're in the creative world, it's like that's shunned because it's like it's mm -hmm. all about creativity. And, and while that's super important, like that's mm -hmm. the essence of what we do, mm -hmm. you do have to do the business end and you have yeah. to set up meetings and times and appointments and make sure that you carry those out. So mm -hmm. discipline has been like a big word in my vocabulary, you know, the last couple of years cool. yeah. um, where I finally just said, you know, if I do a song a week, then I'm, I'm dedicated. I'm disciplined to doing this every week. And it's an appointment with myself, and mm -hmm. I have people holding me accountable, all of you out there. Oh, cool. I hit some my friend Craig Caesar. He's also a bass player and a multi-talented guy in St. Louis. He says, do you start fresh each week, or do you have ideas that develop over time? That's a good question. That right? is a good question. Yeah. Craig, I start fresh each week. So I also do, and I'm sure most artists do this, um, little notes in my phone and voice memos. So if I am out somewhere and I, an idea strikes me, I'll... I'll write it down or I'll do a voice memo of like a quick little recording. So I don't want to forget those ideas. But every week it's pretty much fresh. So yeah. I'll, usually it's Sundays. Sometimes I'll start earlier in the week if I don't have a lot of shows, but I have a lot of shows lately. Sometimes I'll start on the piano and write like a little melody line or something, just get some chords down. Mm -hmm. And then I'll sit on that like subconsciously. Yeah. So for the rest of the week, I'll kind of have this going in this, my subconscious mind. And then come Sunday, I'll just sit down and be dedicated to writing it from start to finish. I've been a songwriter for, for many years and I tend to write the chords and the melody first and then the, the lyric then I say what what is the song trying to say and then I develop the lyrics so is that is that kind of your process yeah. too as opposed to, I know some writers have the thought yeah. and they yeah. I was the, just talking the, to Cheryl here at this conference and she said um, she writes the lyrics first always oh, really? so yeah. it's like everybody has a different yeah. way of writing but mine is is inspired by the emotion okay so I sit and I, I come up with some kind of an emotion that I'm feeling based on what I'm playing okay. so if I'm playing a lot of minor chords obviously it's like a sad you know yeah it could be yeah yeah I mean, that's what's coming out. So um, it's a very innate process for yeah. me, um, even though it sounds very, like, strategic every week, like you've got this reoccurring day thing you have, date mm -hmm. you have to do. But um, 
So I just this ties into something. I, I've been doing a lot of improv comedy teaching and performing, and everything comes back to improv for me. Um, but to, to me, improv is, is this great, and it totally ties into this process. It's an awesome combination of structure and then free-flowing creativity within the structure. So a lot of people who don't know improv and they see it, they think, oh, they're just winging it, they're doing whatever. But no, every game that you play in an improv show uh, has a framework and a, and a specific structure, and all the players need to be on on the same page with that structure but once you get the suggestion from the audience then you're free to flow within it so it sounds to me like that's kind of the approach you take your structure is every week i'm going to write a song yeah. start it on sunday whatever it is but how you go about that is still very emotional and organic yes. right yes exactly so, yeah. that's a hundred percent and you know what honestly as you're saying this i'm realizing it's exactly like my teaching job oh wow i mean honestly that job is so and i think if you're passionate if you're a passionate teacher that's mm -hmm. how it should be so like every day you'd go into the classroom and you'd have a structure you'd have a lesson plan everything would be organized and planned right. in advance conceptually I right. guess but then it's very much like a free form you don't know what questions are going to be asked you're winging it in a sense that you've got the structure but you're being creative and you're you're being authentic you Yay. know See, everything comes back to improv. That's, that's true. <laughs> this is probably one of the last last things because um, you mentioned, uh, like a lot of people do, you were working around your former day job, mm -hmm. you know, building this up. And I've heard this story so many times that I can relate to this too. So you you find time when you have the day job, and and, and I was actually building my author career when I had a full-time job and I had my daughter who was a toddler at the time like half the time so I was like doing nights and weekends to get to the point where I could quit that job but a lot of people when they actually quit the job and they have all this free time suddenly open actually kind of don't they don't know what to do yes. <laughs> at that time yes. and that's probably where the discipline came in did you did you go through that struggle of like I got so much open time. I mean, sometimes you feel less effective uh -huh. when you have more time. You're absolutely right. Yeah. No, I think that is a problem that a lot of people face. And I, I do as well. So I'm so much better when I'm busy. Okay. And I think everybody is to a degree. Yeah. Like, if you only have a certain amount of time that mm. you have to do something, you have to get it done or you don't get it done. Mm -hmm. Right? You have to right. use that window of time. If you've got weeks and, you know, tons of hours in your day, then you mm -hmm. procrastinate. And it's like, well, I'll do that do that on Thursday because I've got all week, right. you know? And so um, I immediately became really busy and really wrapped up in, in music and what I was doing. So, mm -hmm. I mean, if you know me, I do a lot of different things. I mean, right. I don't just write a song a week. I perform right now consistently on average four or five nights a week. Wow, um, cool. And then I also, I just released an album. So I was in the studio recording. I was living in Nashville for three months doing co-writing and all these other, you know, writer's rounds and things here. Mm -hmm. um, awesome. So I just, I try to keep myself busy in all avenues of the music world. <laughs> so that's fantastic. Any any uh, piece of advice that we didn't cover or that I didn't ask you, you wanted to... I would say for the song a week thing, um, even if you're not going to do that, I would say if you're an artist, if you're creative, find something that you do that you can make mm -hmm. a habit mm -hmm. and do consistently and finish. So I think as artists, we tend to be perfectionists and, and not want to release things or sit on things oh, a little yeah. too long. And so I feel like this project has helped me as a perfectionist to just put it out there. It's like, even if it's not finished in my mind or perfect right. or the lyrics aren't exactly how I thought they might be, um, I still, I've got that deadline and I put it out and it's done right. for the time being. Right. You and go it, back and record it and refine it yeah, later. Yeah, and I have done that. Yeah. Yeah. You can, it's always a work in progress. So I feel like this is a really good way to just, just do something like that. That's a habit and, and 
consistent. I just think this is cool because I, I love milestones like this. I think a lot of singers maybe dream about uh, singing the national anthem at their favorite teams. Uh, but but I, but I know over the, over the summer you were at Wrigley Field sang for the Cubs, right? I did. That was, was a dream, absolutely. Oh my what, gosh. Was it, and so were you, were you nervous? Was it? Or, you no, know, no? I was excited? so excited. My nerves turned into excitement right when I started singing. I was like leading up to it. I was thinking, you know, I'm going to be really nervous. Right. And then right when I saw like the stands, I just got really excited. Oh, cool. And I wanted to look around. I wanted to just do like a big 360, but there was a big camera in my face right. that was projecting to the big screen. Oh my god! So I no thought I better be looking at the camera, otherwise everybody on the big screen that's looking is gonna see me like wandering around yeah. with my head. Yeah. So I looked around a little, and then I just zeroed in on the camera. That's awesome. Well, I'm, well congratulations Thank on that. You. That had to be an awesome m Thank moment. You. Where can people find out more about you, Dina? Uh, my website, dinabach.com. B a c h. Yep. D i n a. Bach.com. Yeah. That's awesome. That Everything's was that was avail here. available, and they can find you on Spotify and all Spotify, the normal places. iTunes, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Awesome, everywhere. <laughs> well, thank you, Dina. Thank you. Isn't she awesome, folks? Hit like, hit love. Yeah. Uh, let us know what you think of this. If this is helpful, or if you have any other additional tips about going full time yourself, that would be awesome. So, have a great day wherever you are. That's Dina. I'm Bob. Saying so long for now. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Bye. I need a vacay, take a little work break, nothing like an hour by the lake. A Chicago girl with Michigan on my mind. If anyone asks, I stepped out, got a long to-do list I wrote down. Put it in a bottle, throw it in the water when I get to town. I drive out to the beach, sand is on my feet, sandals in hand, sun is up high. Nothing there to do but stare out at the blue horizon line. Anything that's vital sitting in the pile under my urgent stack. Well, it'll have to wait till I get back. Cause I'm Sitting in the pile under my